0: human to the love yourself podcast hosted by yours truly kate purdle i'm here to make your life happier and healthier and teach you everything i've learned about becoming a self-loving human and building a really solid connection with yourself on this podcast i'll be giving you my best advice mindset and perspective shifts so that you can realize how fucking incredible you truly are and learn how to treat yourself like your own bff here we take the fluff out of (laughs) self-love but we do not fuck around The relationship you have with yourself is literally the most important one in your entire life, and I am here to show you how. So without further ado, let's dive right on in to today's episode. What is up, you delicious humans, and welcome back to the potty. This is episode number 22, and I am so fucking excited because it is the first ever guest that we have on the potty, and today I'm so excited to introduce you to Rachel Dalton, who is a fantastic human being. She's one of my friends. She's a nurse, a mom of two boys, a wife, an online coach. She's lost over 50 kilos and she is an incredibly inspiring and intelligent individual. And I'm fucking pumped to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast.
1: Wow. What an intro. I was like, first of all, when you said I'm the first person, I was like, how could you get that up like you've (laughs) really hit the top you should have started with someone way less cool (laughs) and that intro was great i've never been spoken about like that so thank you and thank you for having me i'm also pumped and excited to be on here um inspiring people and answering questions and just having fun in general
0: yeah so for everyone's um awareness rachel and i are just as weird as each other So this is going to be a fun fucking time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: It's going to be a lot of weird segues, I'm sure.
0: Yes. Many tangents incoming. Yes. So as you are aware, um, this is called the Love Yourself Podcast. So the first question that I want to ask you is, what does self-love mean to you?
1: Mm, That's a very interesting thing. I think self-love... is very individual and lots of people have different meanings, um, which I'm sure you're aware seeing you preach it. But self-love to me is when I guess when you can accept yourself at all phases, no matter where you are in life, even if it's not where you want to be. Instead of having that attitude of, oh, you know, I'll be much better off, much happier, much whatever, when I get to X, Y, Z, you're sort of like, you know, they pushing yourself along the way no matter what similar to how I guess a mother would have unconditional love for their kid even if they're like kids being a little fuckwit (laughs) or an asshole they'd be like oh I still love you and they wouldn't come out and tell them they're being a fuckwit so it's the same for self-love you sort of have that appreciation and respect for yourself despite your indiscretions or wherever you may be in life even if it's not where you want to be um yeah that pretty much sums it up for me
0: Yes, I fucking love that. Self-acceptance is, it's, it's the first part of the journey. Yeah. Um, and it's so hard in this day and age with Instagram and comparison and everything for people to even reach that point of acceptance. Hundred percent. So for you, and I guess for everyone's knowledge, I said at the start, Rach, Rach has lost over 50 kilos. And so obviously you were in a very different position. How many years ago was that? when you got started um
1: so I started about three and a bit years ago maybe three and a half years ago now
0: yeah so yeah when you were at the start of your health journey three and a half years ago and prior to that yeah what were you feeling in terms of your uh perception of self and um relation to acceptance and self-love like where did you start in that Realm of journey of realm of journey of self love.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I get I get what you mean. The realm, yes. the journey, <laughs> all
0: of the <laughs>
1: <laughs> all of the words. Um, so over the years, the way I've perceived my journey and journey is a funny word to use because it's overused and it's misused a lot. I agree. especially when it comes to weight loss and fitness. Um. But in this respect, I think you're using it appropriately because it's a journey, like it's something that never ends. When you talk about a journey, you're like, you know, oh, yeah, okay, I guess you've got a start point and an end point. But when we talk about a journey in this respect, there's not really an end point. It's like ever evolving. So when I started and I was getting, I was sort of, I was probably about, 50 kilos overweight. So I still had 50 kilos to lose before I was considered of normal weight. And now I since have realised, obviously, that there's no such thing as of normal weight and I'm using inverted air quotations (laughs) for the people that aren't watching. I'm very expressive, so you really need to see me to be able to get the full (laughs) Rachel experience. But anyway, um, and I, I guess I was in a place where I just... I did not have self-acceptance. So I am, as you described, weird. I'm quirky. Um,
0: In the best way possible.
1: Correct. I think so too. I agree. But (laughs) at the time I didn't. So for me being um, heavily overweight, I just wanted to hide and be not seen as such. So only people that knew me very, very well knew my true self. So it was never my authentic self 24-7 and it was very conflicting because i felt like on the inside i was somebody else that i was portraying on the outside which so many people do and you know after going through this journey for some time i've realized you, and you can sort of spot those people and it's very um it's very sad i think you know not not being able to live authentically and you know your true self so when when i started i seriously just was full of self-loathing I felt like I had to look a certain way in order to be able to get away with acting a certain way so I definitely definitely subdued my personality because I felt like it would be it it would be too much for somebody because of the way I looked which is absolute shit so when I started on my journey that is actually what I corrected before I did anything I corrected that I made a point of being Um, true to myself and starting on a journey of self-love and the rest followed. It wasn't the other way around. I didn't say, all right, well, once I do lose weight, then I can be my true self. I was like, no, fuck that shit. I need to heal and be able to be my true self in order to, you know, become healthy. So it's almost like it was the catalyst to actually having the transformation that I did. And there's no way I would have been able to have the transformation without um, that self-love An acceptance first. I think I've covered all your questions in that
0: one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Um, So for Uh. everyone's awareness, I sent Rachel a list of questions. (laughs) She just answered all of them in one.
1: (laughs) Uh, I said to Kate at the start of the podcast, "I was like, full disclosure. I I always like." Um so I don't expect anyone to know me in real life that's listening to this podcast, but if you get to know me, you'll know that what you see online is absolutely what you get in real life. And I'm a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. I plan in a way that's very unorganized. So I'm an organized, unorganized person. And I just like to be just, just because that's the way I am. Like it's, I like to be authentic. So I don't like to pre-plan too much. Um, So, but at the same time, like I was saying to Kate, I just wanted to make sure she didn't slip a curly question in there that took me really by surprise.
0: <laughs> but That's I skimmed what. through and I'm
1: like, oh, yes, they're all, they're all above board. They're all PG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so to go back to what you said, and I think this is a, is a, a really, really phenomenal and really important point. <clears throat> Sorry, I've got this weird like, tickly fucking cough shit at the moment. It's not COVID. I've had a COVID test. But my <laughs> oh, you got it back. Got yeah, I got it back. Got, it, got oh. an egg. Yeah, got an of egg. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, yeah. I think what you said in there is really, really important. And I guess for me, I started in a completely different way. When I first started, it was out of self-loathing, out of hate. And that was my driver. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of people start in that capacity. And I love how you started in a much more positive loving way, because that has meant that you have been able to, one, be comfortable being yourself, two, I think it's a much more enjoyable journey when you do it out of a positive loving way versus a self-loathing hating way.
1: 100%.
0: And you also see the actions that you're undertaking, like eating well and exercising as acts of respect and love versus like chores because you fucking despise who you are and you want to change. And for so many people, um, it's this like, if X then Y situation that they live in, where it's like, if I lose the weight, then I can be my authentic self. Or if I get the promotion at work, then I'll be happy. Or if I go on a fucking overseas holiday, then I'll feel joy, whatever it might be. And so I love that you were sort of the opposite in that respect. And it's such a beautiful thing to be able to share. And I'm so happy that you're here sharing this just to offer like that different perspective. Because I think if a lot of people focused on the love part first, the respect, the forgiveness, the opposite of judgment and shame, (laughs) (laughs)
1: less judgment, less less shame, shame,
0: (laughs) and actually showing themselves like I genuinely like or accept who I am, and I'm changing because of that, versus the opposite is so fucking powerful. So, hundred percent.
1: I love that you're able to
0: share that. It's yes. And just to give
1: the listeners an idea, that was not something I didn't wake up one day and be like, today's the day I'm going to start with self-love and that (laughs) will be it. Like, it's a forever thing. Obviously, I struggle sometimes and I'll be like, oh, shit, like everybody has those times and that's normal human nature. And I also spent a lifetime of yo-yo dieting and trying to make myself smaller to fit into society's expectations, which the reason why people yo-yo diet is because of the, you know, the the reason you're choosing to diet and the method in which I guess you're coming from, as in the mindset in which you're coming from, which you touched on Kate, if you're coming from self-loathing, the reason why you bounce back and forward and like continue the self-loathing is because there's no way anything good can come from hate. Like it sounds super corny, but it absolutely is correct. There's no way you can, can make a change that's positive without being positive first. it's completely impossible yeah so i spent i'm 32 years old and i spent probably from the age of 12 um experiencing that ups and down of you know of like oh no i'm not good enough i'm not worthy enough i did lots of competitive sports so i was um always into sport as a kid um competitive swimming but i just still felt like you know i wasn't good enough because of the way i looked which is horrible it's not it's not a um It's not something a young girl or any girl or man, for that matter, should have to go through. So it definitely wasn't like an epiphany that struck me. It was more like a catalyst that happened over years. I've got this weird cough thing too now.
0: It's passing.
1: Could it be or (laughs) could it be emotion? Could it be emotion in our throat? Maybe excitement? (laughs) 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 Trying to escape out. (laughs) Let Uh, me out, motherfucker. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I was also... I mean, I could talk about this sort of stuff for days on end. Um, it's very, it's a very passionate thing um, to talk about, but it really stems back to um, how you raised, how you brought up as a child. I have fantastic parents, um, but I was, I've always been a very emotional person, and that's for somebody that's not equipped to deal with someone that's very emotional. It's quite confronting. So my parents didn't necessarily know how you know to deal with that so i grew up as a very emotional child you know with not a lot of um i don't want to say support cuz i had heaps of support but no one quite knew what to do do you know what i mean like i was yeah. very quirky very extroverted very emotional and it was kind of like um yeah it was like ah what do we do with her so <sighs> yeah <laughs> pretty much pretty much yeah. and now i have two children who are just like me so it's like um yeah, going through that and, and heal, like healing from different things that have happened in my childhood through raising my own very emotive, very spirited children, which is pretty cool.
0: It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you covered a lot in that as well. Um, <laughs> it's understanding our childhood and the impacts that our childhood has on our adult life is so incredibly important. It doesn't 100%. matter what journey, in commas, you're on. Um, just as an adult to be your best self it's so important to understand that and go back and fucking work out why you are the the way that you are and to heal that definitely definitely and of course our parents were only doing the best that they could exactly and
1: they're healing through their own traumas Um, I very much believe in intergenerational trauma where you know like trauma that's so heavy that it literally becomes part of your DNA so you know, if you've got um, any ancestors that were part of any world wars or the Great Depression, that sort of stuff carries through, um, you know, literally into DNA. And it's, a, it's not, you know, it's not just airy-fairy stuff, but it's been proven, you know, intergenerational trauma is a thing. You've only got to look at, like, the stolen generation for Aboriginals in Australia, things like that. So if, you're, if your family itself has been through a great trauma, there's chances are that you will be healing from that and your children will be healing from that. And but to simply acknowledge it and be aware of it is almost part of the healing process as well. Mm. Um so yeah, it is really important to, you know, know where you've come from and heal from that. To be able to talk to your parents about it as well is really, is really helpful. Some parents are sort of obviously um, you know, could take it to offense, but if you've got pretty open-minded parents, it'll be helpful to be able to, you know, talk to them and I guess try and heal from that as well.
0: Yeah, 100%. This is cool. Yeah. I didn't know you were into this stuff. Um, totally. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome because same. <laughs> yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Um, I can tell
1: by the look on your face you're like, okay, there's some, a lot of things that we're uncovering here. And like I said, I could talk about it for days. It's just like something that's um, once you start to, to get into it and it makes more sense, it's sort of – it almost validates – so much and helps with that self-love journey because you're like, of course, of course, this is why I feel like this. It makes so much sense.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's so yeah. important to be able to understand that, first of all, and second of all, to take responsibility as an adult to heal your own shit because now it's your responsibility to not pass it on to your kids or at least to give exactly. them the awareness and the understanding so that then when they're adults, they can work on it, which is something that 100%. I mean, I guess for my parents, like they never had the resources or the understanding or awareness of, of that existing. And so, you know, now with me being an adult, I'm able to, you know, understand all of this shit and heal it for myself so that when I have kids and now that you've had kids, it's, you know, we can stop the trauma at a certain exactly. degree. We don't keep exactly passing it on and continuing to fuck our kids up.
1: That's it, exactly, exactly. Because it, you know, and that's at the end of the day. If you can look back at you know like six or seven generations and know that we got better over time, like that's that's a win. No one can be perfect, and we're never going to get it right. But as long as we improve as each generation goes past, just simply talking, like if you look at my like mine and your grandparents' generation compared to now, it's totally different. You know, like men are allowed to talk and have feelings and and you know be less masculine than you know what society tells them so i think we've come a long way in that respect but we definitely do need to come a lot further um but yeah i think as long as there's people that are self-aware and willing to i guess explore those um explore those feelings and and really do better then we're going to get better and better and better as a society
0: 100 and i'm excited for our kids' generation yeah. where there's a, so much more awareness, so much more raised consciousness, so much yeah. more understanding and empathy for differences and people are 100%. so much more widely accepted and I think that's such a beautiful thing across the globe because, yeah. I mean, as an example, last week we had mum's um, friend here who's a 75-year-old gay man and he was telling yeah. me stories about how at uni there was poof de clubs And they literally couldn't be open about their sexuality because they would literally be bashed physically.
1: Yeah, so they were literally living in fear of being who they actually are, which is absolutely fucked up.
0: It's so fucked up. And I, um, it makes me feel sick and it makes my heart hurt because, like, imagine living in fear just because of who the fuck you are. Yeah, yeah. And... anyway to tie it back to what we're speaking about yeah (laughs) which is it's all very important but I guess as um when you were speaking about even you five years ago or 10 years ago or whatever where you felt you couldn't express yourself because of the perception that you had on yourself as a result of your worth and all of those things
1: yeah
0: how do you um like i know you said there wasn't like a morning where you woke up and you're like all right i'm gonna love myself but what was like your was there a series of things that occurred like what was the sort of moment that you were like all right fuck this shit i've had enough of this because you'd had two kids at that stage yeah Yeah. um so yeah talk us through that sort of series of moments or moment or whatever happened in there where you were like all right i'm sick of not expressing myself because now You're the most, you're like one of the most expressed humans that I know, honestly.
1: 100%. And what you see is absolutely what you get. It's authentic, um, authentic me. And that's something that I promised myself in the beginning that I I wanted to be. Like I just wanted to live free and not feel restricted, not feel like I was, you know, like I had to dull my light or dim my light, whatever the saying is, in order to please other people. And I'm very big on that. Like, um, you know, I think there needs to be a certain amount of um politeness, I guess, for want of a better word, where, you know, you do things for other people or you don't do things for other people. But what I'm talking about is, like, I was literally living for other people. I'd be like, oh, I can't do that because what if someone's, like, and, you know, it would be strangers. So it's not as if I'm doing it to help, you know, loved ones or family members. It was like, it was strangers. I was worried about, you know, what what strangers were thinking of me, which is not a healthy thing to do. So to, I guess to tie it back to what you're asking, in terms of like there was no epiphany moment, there kind of was but there kind of wasn't. So I was living inauthentically. I had two children I'm married to my absolute best friend and we had a relationship which had gotten to the point where we were just living together, we We're just flatmates. We were going through the motions. He had um, worked for the same company for about five or six years and his workmates would joke that he wasn't really married because they'd never, ever seen me before. Aww. So I was so embarrassed about who I was that I felt like I could never, ever, um, ever go anywhere because I didn't want to ruin the expectations or the perception of how they thought his wife should look or should be or should act, which is horrible, horrible, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it
0: makes my heart actually hurting it, because yeah. oh, to to yeah to stay at home, to not want to like live your life and be, you know, for your husband to be proud of who he's fucking married to. Exactly. All of those things, yeah. Exactly oh, right.
1: Man. It's awful. And honestly, when I think back on that, it's almost like an out-of-body experience where I forget it's me. And I'm like, oh, it was a poor girl. And then I'm like, oh, that girl was me. That's <laughs> <I> right. <cried. laughs> so, um, yeah, it's been a lot of healing. But what? So what I did, to get back to your question, is I did some things in order to heal the way I perceived myself. And honestly, it, it was almost instant the way it worked. So one activity, and I give it to my own clients, is in order to um, like begin to accept your body the way it is. Often I think when we have a poor body image, we either avoid looking at ourselves completely or when we do look at ourselves, we instantly feel, oh, we're not enough. This is not right. That's not right. There's too much of this. There's not enough of that or whatever. So I began to really, instead of like, avoiding looking at myself I didn't purposely go and look at myself but any point in the time where I would you know be going to the shower or getting dressed and there was an opportunity where I was completely naked I would take a moment to look at myself and the whole exercise takes two minutes but it takes me 10 minutes to explain it (laughs) so I would look at myself let the feelings the negative feelings come in but let them go at the same time so don't avoid thinking of them. Just let them come in, but then immediately re- refocus my attention on something I did like about myself, um, as in the, my body, not like about myself in terms of personality traits or anything because there's too many things, to be fair, to like about myself. I couldn't list them all. No, I'm kidding. So I'd look <laughs> at myself. fucking
0: hours talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. Um, I'd, so I'd look at myself and I'd focus. In the beginning it was my eyes and my hair. So um, there's no video image, but I have quite long hair. It's um, ginger at the moment, but it's like, it's mermaid hair. I've got really bright green eyes. (laughs) That was really (laughs) right up to the camera. Um, So that was literally the only thing I liked about myself. The only thing, two things, my hair and my eyes. And then as time went by, I found that I was literally looking at myself and I was thinking, wow, I am actually a really like amazing person I like this about myself and I like that about myself and I found that the more and more I did the exercise the less um the less forced it felt and I actually did genuinely look at myself and like myself so over time and it did take a while but it felt like it was you know it I got results instantly in respect of how it then carried through to my day and how it changed you know, the course of how I would treat myself and how I would treat others. So it was definitely a, that was kind of an epiphany moment, but then the rest of it was kind of like a trickling effect. So it just got sort of like better and better over time. And then I started doing the same thing with food. So I had a terrible relationship with food. So I transferred that terrible relationship off food. Well, I didn't transfer it because I didn't want it anywhere so I just sort of like decided that you know I wouldn't look at food as and like as you know so cut and dry or black and white anymore because um, it's just fucking food at the end of the day like it's something you put in your mouth and there's less you know there's more optimal food less optimal food but in what context you know what I mean so like what's more optimal to me might not be more optimal to you so it's all individual and I really really wanted to just stray away from that whole healthy food unhealthy food mindset so that in combination with the, um, body positive, um, uh, like exercises that I did really, really was a catalyst for, for change. And I was able to then just really start to feel good about myself and feel, yeah, feel like valuable and worthy, but I always was, it's just that I was looking in the wrong place. I was comparing something, you know, made up do you know what i mean it was like a i think perception is really important like when you perceive something to be of importance then it becomes important but if you then flip it on its head and you're like well that's not important then it becomes less important so it's really 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 critical um how you perceive yourself
0: Mm. fucking love that it's such a I've spoken to a lot of people about, you know, changing themselves and transforming and all of those things. And you're, I think the only person I've ever spoken to who had significant weight worth issues, who started that way. And I'm so happy to be interviewing you and sharing this because now, like where I am now as a human, looking back, starting from a place of love would have just made it so much more enjoyable and, um, yeah, just happier, and, and yeah, better. and I, I love, I love. Um, that's something that I speak about with my clients too. I call it mirror work. It's literally that, yeah, like yeah, in front of the mirror and just looking at yourself. And because a lot of people have a very distorted perception of reality, and also, um, I guess, a lack of awareness of like, yeah, what is, and are in denial about what is. And I yeah. think people who have a lot of weight struggles because they do avoid their image so much. And then, you know, so many people are like, Oh fuck. And then I saw this picture of myself and I'm like, Oh my God, is that me? Because they don't take pictures. and they don't. I've got no
1: self-awareness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so for you to be able to stand there and be like, all right, this is what I look like. Like, Oh wow. Look, my eyes are beautiful. I love my hair. And then slowly over time, like, Oh, I don't know, whatever else kind of trickled in after that. It's yeah, such a beautiful, amazing place to start, and I'm hundred
1: percent, hundred percent. One thing I really try and um, get across, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult when you've got someone that's really pushing, um, pushing back on, like, no, I, you know, I felt so good when I was ten kilos lighter. You don't understand, like, I was really happy, and I was like, you know, this, and I was that. It's really, really hard to to convey to them that the health and fitness, it's not easy but it's simple once you untangle all that preconceived notion and all that stuff that's just swimming around in your head that's confusing everything once you can iron that out and untangle it you know getting to the gym or exercising whatever your you know choice is of moving your body and eating the way you the way that is healthy for you is is simple once you have all that stuff ironed out it's complex when you've got um body image issues and food relationship issues that's when it becomes complex so if you can if you can um do what you said that i did and start from that respect and it is a lot um a lot easier a lot well, it's a lot simpler it's never easy but it's a lot more enjoyable um, and you're more likely to um stick with it for the long haul you know like obviously there's times in your life when you know there's setbacks and that's completely normal um in terms of like injury you know, personal life issues, there's always something that's going to, you know, come in the way. But as a whole, it'll be like, you'll be more likely to have it as a, as a lifestyle change than, you know, this is what I'm doing right now. It'll be like, no, this is what I do forever. There'll be times in my life when it's not as important, but yeah, because I think people get confused with, you know, health and fitness is a part of self-love, but it's not the only part of self-love. So I think social media is a huge um, overarching factor on how we think of self-love because we see these, you know, beautifully curated Instagram feeds of these beautifully curated Instagram bodies and we think that that's, you know, they they love themselves, they look great, they go to the gym, they eat healthy, but that's not all there is to self-love. It's not all about how you look, um, but it definitely is about how you feel. 100%.
0: And I'm glad that you made that distinction because I see self love as a state of being. Yeah. And then everything else is acts of and behaviors of self care and self respect. Yeah. I see those as two separate things, and the acts of and behaviors contribute to the state of being, but the state of being is just pure acceptance of self and. Like embodying that feeling, and of course, it's not always going to be there. We all have shit days, and and to to, want to strive for that is fucking you're not a human being.
1: That's it. But yeah. the,
0: the 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 health and fitness, the meditation, the journaling, the face masks, like all of the acts of self respect and self care contribute to that state of being. But I yeah. I really see those as two separate. They're independent
1: things. of each other. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where self love has become this convoluted fucking thing on Instagram where it's fucking have a bubble bath and love yourself. And that's all great and well, but like how do you actually get to that point? Because self-love is actually fucking complex and a lot of it has to do with what you're thinking and your perception of self and where you're at. And so much, so many women have a very interrelated connection of their body and their perception of self or the or their self-love. Hundred
1: percent. Hundred percent.
0: Fucking sucks so much because our it bodies allows,
1: yeah.
0: our, like I see like your body is your house, your home. You move in when you're born, you move out when you die, and yeah we, you know, we look after our houses, as in our house that we live in. We clean it, we fucking yeah. water our plants, we do the dishes, all that shit. And yet a lot of us forget to or we neglect our body, our house. But yeah. there's a difference between how you feel internally as like a state of being of self-love and what your body looks like. And there's, it's just so connected for so many women and hundred percent kind of break that is really fucking hard, but I think it's really important so that we can understand that like what we look like and what our body looks like actually has nothing to fucking do with our worth and who we are. And so, yeah, I'm really glad you brought all that up
1: it's definitely a correlation causation type thing um you know you may feel better when your body air quotations again looks better depending on how you perceive looks better but that doesn't necessarily mean that you are more worthy or you you have more self-respect or self-love when your body does look better
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: again like it's there's a correlation but that doesn't mean it's a causation mm-hmm. um I think that's a very important distinction to make. And I think, again, with the social media thing, there's so many, you know, people, um, I mean, you're just catching a snippet of people's lives. And it's really hard to actually ascertain whether these people are, in fact, you know, authentically living their true self. Um, But, you know, you've got and you know yourself being on social media, you've got all sorts of algorithms to contend to things that you need to do in order to get seen. So people are doing a bunch of things and they're jumping on bandwagons just to be, you know, just to be on the next, you know, what's the word, the next fad, even though this isn't a fad, mm. you know what I mean? Like when it gains popularity on social media, people are like, oh, I need to get onto that too. So that's when you see all the, like you are saying before, the bubble bath posts and, you know, like um, self-care, got to put my face mask on. It's like you said, the act of self you know, the act of self-care and the state of being aren't mutually exclusive. They're two different separate entities.
0: Mm, Yeah, Yeah. 100%. And I think, although this is a very controversial topic and I'd love to dive into it with you if you're comfortable. Oh, always. I don't
1: know what it is. (laughs) Now I've said that I have to be comfortable.
0: (laughs) So the body positive movement. Yeah has I guess gone to show that it doesn't matter what you look like, that you can love yourself air quotations or um, yeah, I guess the right term is love yourself. Yet I think we, we have a very similar view in that. um, How do I say this? (laughs) That, well, I don't know. I believe, and you can say if you, I know what you'll say, but you can say whether you agree or disagree, but I believe that health and fitness, or at least, respecting your body through good nutrition and movement is a huge act of self-care, self-love. Yeah. And thus, uh my personal belief of self-love is to be the, you know, happiest, healthiest, fittest version of you as an act of respect for your body because being, you know, without our health, what the fuck do we have? Um, I mean, yeah. a kind of example, from my life recently is my dad just had a series of heart attacks and he hasn't looked after his health or his body and you know, n- not looking after yourself with a family history of heart attacks leads to something. So, yeah, my question, I guess, is um, I think
1: I know where you're going. It's a hard, it's a hard thing to say because it's such a um, it's such an emotive camp i guess those people that are really strongly on one side and really strongly on the other and um you're right the way we think is very similar so it goes back to what you're saying before that the act of self-love and your physical being aren't mutually excu- exclusive i think there can be worth and value at every size but to say that there's health at every size um conclusively absolutely is not taking into account, you know what I mean? You can't possibly say that as a cut and dry, everybody's healthy at whatever size, like that's not possible, but certainly, you know, there are plenty of people that are healthy, are healthier at a perceived quote unquote larger size than somebody who is a quote unquote smaller size. It size doesn't necessarily dictate or weight doesn't necessarily dictate your health. However, I think, the movement also needs to have a lot of, you know, the little asterisks that you, you know, when you're reading an article and then you're like, Oh, what does this mean? You go down to the bottom and you're like, Oh, this means this. I think that that movement needs to have a lot of, um, a lot of clauses or asterisks just to explain. (laughs) Yes. Everybody at any size is worthy and valuable. Just like, despite how society might perceive their body or their image or whatever. Um, But in terms of health, it's not up to, anybody to say except for I guess a medical doctor and then even then you know there's a lot of medical doctors that, and shit,
0: so yeah not exactly not
1: entirely, exactly yeah. so it's a very um it is a very controversial thing but um yeah I, I can say that I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with that it's um if you're if you're partaking in um lifestyle you know dangerous and I say dangerous as in like um relating to lifestyle diseases. but If you're partaking in lifestyle behaviours that are potentially going to result in a lifestyle disease, then I would say that that is definitely an act against self-love despite Mm. what the movement will have you think. So I think it can be a very dangerous movement depending on how people take it, Mm. but I also think it can be a very positive movement because it definitely encourages people like myself in you know three and a half years ago to be like you know what i'm fucking worthy like what am i doing trying to hide myself just because because of the way i look um but it can also go the other way and have people you know be like oh well it doesn't matter you know i don't have to um nourish my body i don't have to worry about this because there's health at every size and it's like yeah so it definitely needs, it, it'll evolve, I think, and it'll get to the right point. I think it's in its infancy and it'll be sort of a little bit longer before it actually has full meaning. It's a bit like, um, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but it's a bit like intuitive eating when people talk about that and they've kind of missed the point of the meaning um, and it's been taken out of context so many times that it, it's not quite used correctly anymore. So I think that the health at every size movement will eventually become like that where people are like oh that's not quite what it means it means this and there'll be more of a definitive definition of what it means i guess um but yeah
0: yeah i love what you said where there needs to be some asterisks and like disclaimers and i guess as a disclaimer to anyone listening um i've always felt quite uncomfortable talking about this because i don't want to offend anyone but at the same time i have very strong viewpoints on it yeah um and not that i'm living to fucking please everyone but I guess as a disclaimer, both of us are basically saying the same thing, whereby it's important to accept and respect your body at any stage, but Correct. being a healthy human is an, a massive act of self-love because it, there's so many benefits. It increases your longevity. You have a much more healthier and functional life. You're able to get up and run around with your fucking kids at the park and like, just live a more active, happier, healthier life. Not that's to say it. that you can't be happy at any size, but, yeah, I, I do agree with what you said about um, it's, it's a positive thing in that it's encouraging fe- like females particularly to accept, respect, love, whatever that looks yeah. like themselves. But I do. you also said something like um, it's been taken a little bit out of context where uh, people have then accepted that that's what they are and, and then there's yeah. no change
1: that's
0: it i believe as humans our our like job here as human beings is to grow evolve and serve and so in that capacity that looks like growing and evolving your life your body your business your thoughts your beliefs like whatever that looks like your healing your trauma all that shit absolutely Um, but yeah i'm glad i knew that we'd be on the same page but i was i just feel
1: a bit it's always a hard thing absolutely it's um like I said, it's got two, it's an emotive kind of thing. So it usually brings about like people that are very for or very against, but I'm kind of like, it's not, there's no, I'm a person that has the belief that there's no absolutes. And if you ever come out and talk in absolutes, unless you're a hundred percent an expert on something, which is nearly impossible, as you'd know, because once you start to learn more then you realize, you know, that you're never going to be an expert. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so I find it very hard to talk in absolutes, but, um, I also, you know, like you're, you obviously can be a master at your craft, but that doesn't mean you have to talk in absolutes because what if in years to come, you know, there's evidence to suggest you were wrong and you have to backtrack. So I think, um, yeah, in terms of the movement, its I don't think you can be like fully in one camp or the other. Like it has to be sort of a middle ground between that. And, again, I think social media is a huge, huge um, part of the way people perceive health Um, for example, I think a lot of people push the bodybuilding lifestyle as a way to improve health. And that is definitely not the case. So people like to follow, you know, aesthetic um, Instagram models and that sort of thing. And then their perception of, oh, that is health. um, You know, that's what it becomes to them. And I think we've spoken about this before about unfollowing that type, or at least cutting down on that type of um, account that you follow, because it then does create that unrealistic image in your head of okay this is what health is and it not it doesn't necessarily mean that health is different to every every person so yes they can be health at every size but again with the asterisks
0: yeah 100 yeah um when i did that that transformation comp in london a couple of years ago what i found fascinating was so there was an um an amateur show and there was a pro show on the same night and so all of the athletes were in the bath like sharing everything Yeah, Um, And I remember standing in the mirror, like, I don't know, doing my bikini or whatever, and there was, like, a WBFF pro. And for anyone who doesn't know this, in the bodybuilding world, there's a federation called the WBFF. And so I competed in a transformation division within that competition a couple of years ago, and amateurs and the professional athletes, meaning that they had won their pro card within that um, federation – were all competing on that one night and so i was in the bathroom yeah looking in the mirror and there was a pro athlete who literally out loud she was looking at herself she, and she was just picking apart out loud there was no one else in there like her glutes weren't big enough her shoulders weren't capped enough nothing was good enough in inverted mm. commas for um you know her and i'm like you've worked so fucking hard to get to this point point and here yeah. you are because the, sh- the show is completely aesthetic focused to completely um you know it's judged by someone else like someone is literally judging your body and Correct. um yeah i w- it was just an eye opener looking at someone who i was f- fucking admiring their body so much like holy shit you've worked so hard like you look amazing yeah. and there they were like picking apart all of their shit and so Just goes to show, like, doesn't really matter what level you are. We all have body image shit. But at the the end of the day, working on our inside and our perception um, of self is literally the most important and powerful thing to do, because then it won't matter what your body looks like. You can still accept yourself. And of course, if you want to make changes to your body, that's absolutely fine. And that is a part of self-love. But it just means that, you know, you'll actually be able to like yourself Exactly,
1: exactly, and like we touched on before, we all have days, you know, where you look in the mirror and you might be like, "Oh, I feel, I feel shitty," um, but or every I, month, as a family. yeah, exactly, exactly. But to quote James Clear, and I'll probably butcher it, um, it's just Alex. like a vote, an election. You don't have to have a unanimous vote to win; you just have to have a majority of votes. So if the majority of the time you feel you know, great. And you love yourself. That's, that's all that needs to happen. You know, you don't have to worry about some days not feeling the greatest because nobody feels, you know, self-love and body positivity a hundred percent of the time. But as long as it's majority of the time, then, you know, you're on the way to living a successful life in terms of, um, you know, living authentically and being true to yourself.
0: hundred percent. Um, James Clear, for anyone who doesn't know, is the author of a book called Atomic Habits, which Rach and I fucking froth on. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. There's so many quotes that you can pull that just relate to anything, and that's such a beautiful and incredibly relevant quote to chuck in there because it's true. Like, like, we all have challenges and shit days and to expect yourself to always love yourself or always be positive vibes and, like, all that shit. Yeah. Um, is virtually impossible.
1: That's it. And then if you have that expectation, you're not going to be kind to yourself. You're going to feel disappointed and let down. Whereas if you know, hey, it's okay, as long as majority of the time, you know, I'm being kind to myself and I'm body positive and I'm whatever your goals are, you know, like as long as majority of the time you're um, honouring those goals, then that's what matters. Whereas if you have the attitude of perfection, it'll, fall, it'll crumble, it'll fall over.
0: hundred mm, percent yeah fucking love it fucking love it
1: <laughs> yeah um,
0: so when when you said that you started your journey with self-love which is just fucking beautiful um and you were really working on sorry sec. second you're really working on self-acceptance um of course that sort of pushed you or encouraged you into changing your body in the, in the sense of losing weight and getting healthier and implementing healthy habits. Yep. Um, how do you feel your health journey, like focusing on all of those things assisted in your self-love journey? Mm,
1: yeah, I think it can, it made it, um, it made it more powerful because like you were saying, those, Um, acts of honoring yourself then kind of create a snowball effect and you want to honor yourself further and you want to do more things to make yourself feel good so it definitely assisted it in a positive way and i think you know it's kind of obvious it goes without saying that when you eat better and you move your body and you treat yourself well you know it's a cycle. It continues. When you feel better about yourself, you're more likely to do more things that, you know, um, spark joy and add value into your life. And it just sort of goes around like that. Um, but just, just to um, touch on like the philosophy I had when I first began was, and I still have this philosophy now. So healthy eating to me is, it could be different to what a lot of other people um Perceive healthy eating as which is totally the point and it's totally okay so I don't I I think I did touch on it actually I don't have a perception of good food bad food so no foods to me are off limits um and I've also I've got a history of um eating disorders so I went through um high school as um sort of partly anorexic partly bulimic then developed binge eating disorder afterwards um and I can
0: wholeheartedly
1: say that you know, I still, I guess I still, I don't know if you can fully recover from eating disorders, but I'd say I'm definitely in remission. Mm. Um, and it's because I changed the attitude on how I perceive food and it being okay. So if one day I feel like I just want to eat until my stomach's really full, you better believe that's what I'll do. And I won't hold any guilt over myself because, you know, I know that, food and guilt don't go hand in hand. I don't have any um, moral obligations toward food. I don't have any religious obligations toward food. So, like, that's a promise to myself that if, you know, if one day I really feel like I just need to eat an entire family bag of chips, yes, it's not probably the greatest thing that you could do for your body, but I'll do it and then I'll move on. And in the past it would be a thing of regret and remorse and then it would end up in you know 2 to 3 weeks months of just binge eating daily whereas now it's like okay i feel full i've you know got that sort of thing out of my system and i don't often do it just purely because it doesn't serve me well mm. but i think the reason i don't often do it is because i hold no that, like i hold no emotion to it do you know I what i mean it it's like emotion. Yeah, exactly. Because it is so so normal for you to sometimes feel like you just want to eat until your stomach is full, and people just put such a um, emphasis on that. And I and I think you know, like I'm not an expert, obviously. So if you do have any kind of eating disorders, I'd highly recommend you go and seeing a professional. But I think, especially with binge eating disorder, it's very overused. I think people are quick to diagnose themselves with binge eating disorder when. In reality, they've probably just got a really fucked up perception of like food and what you can and can't eat, and how they see how you see food—not um, as in fish seafood, but how, how you physically <laughs> <laughs> how you see food. I personally see food um, crumb, so I like crumbed fish. I don't like battered fish. But <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, it just kind of—it really is it really does get like so tangled once you really start down the journey of self-love. It's like almost everything changes in your life. The way you see things changes the way you yeah. Perception. It's just like the word of the day. If we were on Sesame street, whoever that guy is that says the word of the day would be saying the word of the day is perception. (laughs) And the number is two. I don't know. I don't know what the number would be, but. I didn't
0: know Sesame street had a word of the day. I haven't watched this. Maybe it's,
1: maybe it's a letter of the day. It's something. Oh, yeah. There you go. Something. <laughs> but it'll be a word of the day today and it's perception. So Perfect. self-love changes the perception that you have about almost everything in your life because you're able to look at it with a different lens. You're looking at it in a way of positivity because obviously love is a positive, you know, when you think of love, you think of positive connotations. You don't think of negative connotations. So when you think with self-love, you're more likely to – um have a positive outcome Mm.
0: yeah so you feel that your when you um your relationship to food improved as a result of your self-love correct they were quite kind of like interrelated in that regard
1: yeah definitely definitely
0: yeah
1: um and yeah so day to day i like nourish my body i'm always looking for ways to you know like nourish my body so I can feel good and train good but if to me nourishing my body with um a sneakers bar is what I want to do then I'll do that and there's no implications for me in terms of how I feel mentally or physically because mm. when you start to realize that food is food and it can either be more optimal or less optimal for your goals then you know it's very freeing and it definitely ties into I wouldn't have been able to get there without the self love in short in summary there's no way like if i started if i started um my weight loss journey which has now just become a journey of self discovery really if i had yeah. started it with you know that mindset of good food bad food i definitely definitely wouldn't have found like the self love thing wouldn't have worked as well if you know what i mean mm. um mm. it just would have been yeah. So they in answer to your question, yes, they're all tied together. It's just <laughs> one happy family of love. <laughs> yeah. Wait, I need to get deeper. Love. That <laughs> that's
0: perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, classic. Um, yeah, and I mean food is a whole another topic that we could do a whole nother fucking hour long podcast on. But I yeah. that's that's just like scraping the surface. Hundred um, percent. But food is so interesting because so much emotion is surrounded by food and it's also something that we have to do in order to survive as humans and so it's not like we can avoid food that's it um but there's so much guilt and shame and misunderstanding or lack of education around food and then emotion tied in makes it this big like fucked up convoluted thing which so many people struggle with and so yeah um yeah that's an interesting word of the day perception to have on on food in relation to your self-love journey and how that how they kind of worked together in order to get to where you are today
1: yeah yeah totally
0: which is awesome so we have five minutes left because rachel's gorgeous husband has allowed her to use um his office so he's given
1: me permission that sounds really bad it was more like Hey, can you get the fuck out for a minute? <laughs> he was like, yes, ma'am, anything for you, my darling. <laughs>
0: Bless <laughs> no. his cotton uh, We um, do have a lovely
1: relationship. Could that be a good segue into how self-love has changed my relationships? Is that what you want to talk about? Do you want me to talk about that real quick?
0: Well, yes, but just with the timing, I actually really want to focus on um being a mum. Yeah. And so, for a lot of my clients or listeners, they're mums and they struggle to make time for themselves because, of course, once your kids come along, they're entirely dependent on you and um, it's easy to lose yourself. And, of course, I can't speak to that because I don't have children mm. yet. And so, with you, Rachel's a mum of two young boys, and yet she trains, she eats well, she makes time for herself um, in amongst everything and she's still working as a nurse and she's an online coach and she's a wife and there's a lot going on as there is in everyone's lives. But how do you make sure that you find, not find the time, make the time and prioritize yourself because you are the most important, like when you're your best self, you're your best self for your kids and your husband and everyone else. So how do you, how do you prioritize that?
1: Um, I just do it so I've got a saying (laughs) if you want to do something bad enough you'll find a way to do it um but sometimes as mothers we're like oh I I can't possibly because then what will suffer the thing is that you need to know is once you just do it and you just make time everything else is more efficient you're more your time management skills is more efficient because you're um you're nourished like your inner self is nourished so whatever it is that you need to do to make time for yourself whether it be to get to the gym whether it be you know to go for a walk whatever sparks joy in you and enables like whatever's the act of self-love that promotes the the being of self-love will enable you to be a better person all around so if i if I didn't do what I did, I wouldn't be able to think clearly. I wouldn't be able to be present in those situations with my kids. I would just be higglety-pigglety and all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I know I have to just make the time. If I feel in my head there's not enough time, well, that's a priority. Um, And it's a little bit controversial, especially when, you know, as mums, you know, we're taught that we need to give ourselves, all of ourselves to our children. Um, I don't think that's the case you need to give all of yourself to yourself and then it opens up an extended area of what you can give to your kids because if you don't put yourself first a you're teaching your kids especially if you have well, either way if you have daughters or sons you're teaching sons that women women's needs don't matter and you're teaching your daughters that your needs you know as a woman and a mother um should be considered last and it's just it's not the case you need to put yourself first that old saying which is really corny you can't put on someone else's life vest if you haven't put on your own or, you know, the oxygen mask that falls down when the plane crashes. It's so true. And, um, yeah, if I could just impart one thing, it's that in your mind as a mum, you're like, I just don't have the time. But the thing is you will have more time because you're going to be able to prioritise time better once you've ticked your own boxes. It's like it it gives you clarity, it gives you the ability to be more present and to time manage a lot better.
0: Mm. Fucking love it. Just fucking do yeah. it. Make it happen. Yeah. I wish that um, was a
1: secret, but it's literally just, you just got to do it.
0: Yeah. Did you find it hard in making sure that you're prioritising that time? Because I think, yes. that's, I think that's what, a, well, at least the mums that I've spoken to, that's what they struggle with. And as you said, like, we're taught to give our whole selves to our kids. Um, and although just fucking do it is obviously incredibly important, was there emotion when you first started committing yourself as your top priority? Was Did you find that really hard to begin with? Definitely. Definitely,
1: It comes with guilt, especially if you come from a family when your mother did everything. If your mum was a... And my mum wasn't a stay-at-home mum. She was um, a working mum and she also did a master's degree during my childhood. So, But when I think back, yeah, when I think back, my mum was there and present. So I think you just need to remember that it's quality of time over quantity of time. If you're able to give your children, your best self for a short amount of time as opposed to uh, anxious, stressed out self for a long amount of time, they're going to remember, obviously, your best self for a short amount of time. So quality over quantity, um, I think is really important to remember, but it does come with guilt. And of course, there's some days where I'm like, fuck, I'm terrible at this Um, and I need uh, like a pick me up. And that's when you know, if you're lucky to have enough to have a relationship either with your husband, your mum, your friend, your sister, whatever, that they can just be like, hey, you're doing a great job, Um, that's also important. So having a network is also important to remind you that, you know, it's okay to put yourself first and you're doing the right thing. But, you know, 90% of the time I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely doing the right thing by putting myself first because the kids then reap the rewards of a more present mum, you know, more energised, all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. And I think a lot of, I mean, in this day and age, and this is, I guess, outside of motherhood, but also inside of motherhood, um, you know, we, we don't have time in adverted commas to do shit. Yeah. And yet if we really audited our time, like how many hours are we spending on social media? How many hours are we spending right. watching the fucking news or Netflix at night? How many hours are we spending like literally doing fuck all? And yeah. so um. You know, for people who say, generally speaking, people who say that they don't have enough time, and then of course, inside of motherhood, well, if you're sitting there on your phone, not present, and your kids are like, um, and they want your attention, but you're like, fuck, I don't have time for that, or I can't be fucked with that, then yeah, you know, using that time for yourself and then coming home a better human
1: 100%. can only be
0: a positive thing, surely.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I definitely um stockpile my time in terms of like. I don't even do hours. It's more like periods of the day. Like you remember being at school and you'd be like, you know, maths was in, you know, first period or whatever. And you wouldn't be thinking about science in maths. You'd be only focused on that. So I do that in my home. Um, I've got times when I'm, you know, present with my kids, times when I'm present with my husband, times when I'm present with myself, times when I'm doing work, whatever. It's it's very difficult and it needs planning. But if you want something, there's sacrifices that you have to make. So you do have to make sacrifices, and those sacrifices might be Netflix, they might be scrolling through social media, they might be I don't know something else. But if you want something, you have to make a sacrifice. Um, and to quote Jane's Clear again, it was mm-hmm. I actually saw it this morning. It was like a um, oh, it was like the quickest way. What was it? Oh, the most dangerous thing on your to do list is something disguised as an opportunity that's actually a distraction. And I was like, yes, I live and breathe that because often I look at my to do list and I'm like, I actually don't think that I'm gonna, I'm, not, I'm gonna take this off. I'm gonna, you know, like get time maybe, you know, next week or tomorrow or whatever. So prioritizing things that are opportunities is important. Um, and we can definitely trick ourselves into thinking things are opportunities when they're actually distractions. Yeah um so yeah i hope that answered your question
0: mm, love it mm, i'm just sitting here like nodding my head
1: <laughs> yes yes which is great for audio isn't it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
0: awesome. well thank you so much for touching on that i know it you know it's um i'm not a mom and i know that motherhood is fucking hard and prioritizing yourself and then also not feeling guilty like there's so much it's so complex in all of that yeah so, definitely. I appreciate you sharing that message because I think that's a really important message in the scheme of self-love and women being a woman. um, Yeah. We are taught for a lot and I think also this is changing too which is fantastic to see but we are taught that our needs aren't as important. um,
1: Definitely.
0: And so yeah. We're
1: also taught that our like we're also you know just to touch on like being your best self to be the best for your kids. I think that in itself, and again, I can talk about this for a long time, but I think that in itself forms part of the problem. So I just really want to say that was in context to the question, but if you can get to the point where you're like, I want to be my best self for myself because myself deserves it over and above anybody else. That is the overarching message that I want to get across. It's okay to want to be your best self simply for yourself, but then there's the trickle down effect as well um and often my opinion is very controversial and might have people thinking that you know I'm a bit selfish but it's actually a selfless thing to um to even impart that onto children i want my children to you know love themselves and treat themselves with respect because at the end of the day like you said you you're born and you move into your house and you leave when you die and you know you, you've got yourself at the end of the day you might have you know friends and relatives and stuff but if you can't be you know, at one with yourself, just because you want to be, then it, it, there's a there's a bit of a problem there. So definitely, you know, self love and putting yourself first um, trickles down into relationships. But do it so that you can feel good, just so that you can, yeah, just for no other reason, so that you can feel good.
0: Hmm. Fuck yeah, love that. Yeah, and I guess to finish. Um, you're the only human that you're guaranteed to live with for your entire life, like literally from when you're born to to when you're dead and not to say that anything bad's going to happen to anyone, but like the truth of life is that shit could happen and at the end of the day, you're the only person that you have to live with forever. So it's it's a massive disservice to yourself if you don't focus on um, loving yourself for for you and then, of course, as you said, there's the trickle-down effect into the rest of your life.
1: Correct. Correct. It doesn't mean that you can't give yourself to other people. It just means that, yeah, you just prioritize yourself so that you can be, you know, strong and you can be valuable and worthy and then the rest will follow.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. Fucking love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today and you've shared some incredibly valuable points and we completely went off the questions, which I knew would happen because it's us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but we touched I'm looking on... back at the questions and I'm like, did you still want to ask number 11? I think I'm pretty much covered almost everything that yeah. you asked anyway.
0: Actually, I do want to ask number 11 because that's a good conclusion. Oh, that, ra- that was seriously
1: a <laughs> random number.
0: Well, I just looked at it. I'm like, all right, if, if someone was just starting out on their journey, what's one piece um, of advice you could share with them?
1: Um, hmm. I would say that you can't be truly happy with something more unless you're happy with what you have right now. Yes, that's brilliant. Yeah. If you have that philosophy in every area of your life, then you'll feel fulfilled. You won't feel like you've got to get to this point to be happy or that point to be happy.
0: Yeah, yeah, percent Because at the end of the day, and um, there's a a bloke by the name of Hugh Van something or other, and sorry to butcher his name, but he um, runs something called The Resilience Project and he speaks a lot about gratitude and he lived part of his life in Africa and he shares the story of kids who have literally nothing and yes. who are incredibly excited by you know these old shoes that have fucking holes in them and like laughing about like flow through air or some shit i butchered that story entirely but the premise is I know what
1: you mean yeah that they're
0: happy because they know nothing else and they're happy exactly. with what they have because that's just how they were brought up and so i that's love it. i love you bringing that up because i mean in a first world country and like being privileged human beings it's easy to not feel happy enjoy today because we're we're looking for the future and what's coming and what we haven't achieved yet and all that shit and so yeah that's a brilliant way to conclude
1: yeah that's it another james clear quote and he says and I'll probably butcher it too but the the surest way to destroy a goal is to reach it have i butchered it but it basically means that you know you have this goal and you're like okay i'm going to you know feel amazing once i get to it once you get there and you realize okay what's next that's that's because you've got that expectation of you will be this when you get there yeah so yeah yeah
0: yeah um uh, we could keep going back and forth, just we could, couldn't we? So, <laughs> so I'm going to no up because I was just about to say need something. To play the music. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But just lastly, <laughs> lastly, where can people find you, follow you, love you, share share their insights from this episode with you? Sure. So my
1: home address? No, nah, I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, So you can find me on Instagram, um, underscore, so at underscore inspirational, I N S P I R A C H I O N A L. Um, and that's pretty much where I hang out. I default to always pick up, like to go to um, Facebook as well, but I don't usually hang out on Facebook that much. Um, I will be having a website coming out soon with blog posts. That'll be www.inspirational.com. Um, yeah, that's about the only socials I have at the moment, but hoping to expand um, in the near future, just working really hard on getting um, my uh, online coaching up and running for 2021.
0: Awesome. Yeah, so Rachel's launching her online coaching, health and fitness coaching, um, self-love based, of course, as per her journey. And so yep. I'll chuck all of your links and stuff in the show notes. So awesome. if anyone wants to... Um, go and check it out and you didn't get the spelling you could click the link in the
1: (laughs) oh yeah Uh, um also forget that people can rewind things i'm like oh quick i've got a i've got a limited amount of time how do i how do i do this oh
0: that's true you can rewind yeah
1: the internet's quite clever these days
0: that's crazy this internet thing
1: (laughs) (laughs) there's internet on computers now i'm not sure if you're aware
0: I wasn't thanks for the insight
1: you're most welcome that's no problem
0: awesome well thank you so so much I'm really really grateful for you being the first guest and also just a guest in general I love you um and you shared some really really insightful things that I'm sure the old potty listeners will get massive insight out of and and a lot to reflect on so I really appreciate you sharing Go and follow her on Instagram. She's fucking hilarious. She's, um, when she says, she says she's her authentic self, she ain't lying. She's just like fucking rare and weird and amazing and funny and you'll get a wall. So go chuck her a follow and thank you for listening. And um, if you do enjoy this episode, make sure you screenshot it and chuck it on your stories and share with us the most insightful thing or what resonated with you the most. So thanks, Rach, for coming on.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It was an absolute pleasure. I really enjoyed it. So thank you.
0: Awesome. And we'll see you in the next episode, guys. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did find it super valuable and want to shout it from the rooftops, make sure to screenshot, post and tag me on Instagram so I can stalk the shit out of you and we can connect some more. I just wanna say a massive thank you for your time and your ear holes today. I'm incredibly grateful that you chose to listen to my podcast. To make sure that you're notified of the next episode, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a single episode from me. And to leave you today, go out there and be wild. Just fucking love yourself, I dare ya. That's all from me today, friends. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.